Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Brendan Escott with you for the final half hour of the show on this Friday evening. Reminder that we've got early coverage of Oilers for you tomorrow. 11.30 face-off show. You can uh, wake up with Reed sort of, I guess, a little later in the day. But, I mean, I wake up around then sometimes. Depends how good a movie I can find on cable late at night. I'll be up earlier tomorrow. You flying out somewhere? No, I'm uh, here to do the game. So I have to be here for 1130. <laughs> <laughs> I got to drive down from home. So I guess I should probably get up with a reasonable amount of time considering it's a home game. I'll be at the rink, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you can settle in wherever you may be. Cup of coffee, uh, throw it on on the drive, wherever you're headed to. We got hockey for you on a Saturday afternoon. It starts off a full day of coverage in the NHL because it is a light night tonight. Just uh, two games. It was uh, Buffalo hosting Philly earlier. And as I look up now, we've got St. Louis and New Jersey scoreless uh, through about 16 minutes there as well. We've got George LaRock coming up in just a second. I'll remind you that Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Get their new Canadian club sandwich with chicken, ham, bacon, ranch, lettuce, and tomato. Visit royalpizza.ca. Now, it is a throwback Friday, which is when we take the opportunity to talk to George LaRock, who was somewhat of a rock star. We know how much the city loves the guy, and he got that on full display, full effect of course with the Heritage Classic. He's going to tell you all about it here for our friends at Conlon Motorsports. Get everything you need here so you can get out there. Bob and George talking earlier. All right, George, uh, you were the man on Sunday. I mean, Ron McLean's out there, of course, as you know, Ron does our show every Thursday and he introduced the players from the 2003 Heritage Classic team, the original Heritage Classic in Edmonton. And the fans showed the love, George. It had to, for you, it must have felt really special. You know what, Bob? Uh, that's why, to me, Edmonton is always going to be the most special place uh, uh, that I'll ever play. And every time I come back in Edmonton, I call it home. You know, I've left the Oilers in 2006 after we make it to the Stanley Cup final. And every time I come, I don't take anything for granted. I played in an era that is no longer the way it's played in the NHL. I played a long time ago. A lot of kids that are following the others now never even seen me play. They have no idea who I am. So to be recognized with guys that played in 2003 is special. But to share the hat trick with the fans and to see their reactions, um, it was very touching, very emotional, and especially for my kids because unfortunately my kids have never seen me play in Edmonton. But to see the love of the fan and the reaction that they've had with a, a, a clip like that, um, it was so special. I loved it. It, it, it was insane. And, you know, you know, Bob, when I think about Edmonton, there's many things that, that, that I want to share with the fans that, that I want to let them know. 
uh, how close and important Edmonton was to my heart. Uh, to me, it was never just about playing hockey and fighting. It's about the connection with the fans. So since you're talking to me about this, I want to share with, with, with you and the fans listening right now why Edmonton was always so special to me when I played there. There's many things that I've done. If you have the, if you have the security guy that works at the rink, after every game, whether it was a winner or a loss, I would come out in the front door where the fans were and I would sign autograph for an hour. After every game, I did that. Would it win a loss? I was always there signing for everyone. Every day, uh, I had a, my website, joshrock.com. People could send me um, uh, emails to ask me for a picture. And I would send from 30 to 40 8 by 10 a day. So, and people got to know this. I did that every day. When I was on the road and I would come back, I'd have like four or 500 pictures sometimes to send. I would buy myself the 8 by 10 and I would send myself every single day I would do that to the fans. Also, three, four times a week, I would go to eat at people's houses. People would invite me. I'd go over their place, wherever it was, North End, wherever. I would go there, and I would just eat and hang out with chance uh, after dinner and stuff so they have the chance to do an NHL player. Um, I did so many charity, charity, uh, charity events in Edmonton as much as I could. And uh, the most notable thing that I'll never forget, just to see, uh, to explain to you guys my connection I had with the fans. When in 2006, the others decided not to resign me, and I, and then because of that, I signed in Phoenix as a free agent. I wanted to do a good night, a, a, a thank you to the fans, um, you know, before going to Phoenix. And uh, talking about events that I used to do, I used to do morning night, morning mark. Monday morning magic. Yes. I climbed back days. I did it like 10 years in a row. Even though I was playing with another team, I would go back all the time. And I, and, and, and I had kids that took pictures with me and I seen like for, for like five years in a row and I see the transformation. So anyway, I don't know if you remember that, but when, when I, towards my, the end of my years in Edmonton, I was, I was in the radio. I was doing a show called Summer Loving at the Bounce. I remember. So, what we did before I left is I told everyone at uh, 9 o'clock in the morning, I would set a table in front of the bounce and I would sign picture and autograph and talk to the fans before I leave. At 9 in the morning, you know, the fan, I wanted something signed or whatever. Do you know how long I stayed on that table without going to the washroom, without eating, Bob? Do you know what time I stayed there until? At least four hours. Till six o'clock at night. You're crazy. From nine in the morning, you could ask anyone. Ask James Stewart that run the bounce. Ask everyone. From nine in the morning till six o'clock at night, I sat down. I talked to the fan. I found picture. Those hours and hours of lineup. And the only reason why it stopped at six is at three o'clock. I told the bounce to stop telling people to come <laughs> because it was never going to end. It was the, the guy. The guy from the Boston talked to me about this today. It's crazy. Nine hours, nine hours straight marathon, no washroom break, no. I didn't eat anything, nothing. I wanted to make sure I signed for everyone. That right there tells you my connection I had to the city. So, to me, Bob, it was always more than just the hockey player. I'm a human being, and I never liked fighting. But for people to get to know me as a person, the person, the way that I am. 
to embrace me and to like me in the community, to me, it was always so special because, let's be honest here, the job that I had, I was an animal. I had to kill people for a living. That's what I was. It was not me as a person. You got to know me over there. Bob. You're not like you. that. And, and, and another thing to I'll share, okay? Now we're going that way. The media, it took a while before they could see, size me in Edmonton. Because right. In the beginning, people thought that, you know what? We might have the toughest guy in the league, but he's not tough. He's not tough enough. He's not mean enough. <laughs> it was not part of me. You know, you... And some of the media were criticizing me because you're like, yes, you wanted the best enforcer, but you're not the best enforcer in terms of, you know, being mean like Brasher was. Or Dave Brown. Or Dave Brown. Or Dave Brown, yeah. Yeah. And what I would tell everyone regarding that is that I don't care that I'm not, I don't want to be like Dave Brown or mean like these guys because. I could kill someone. You might have killed and somebody. Might, I, George, I might. will conclude that, uh, you know, I will I will concur with you that you were capable of killing somebody. There's no question. It wasn't in your demeanor. But you know what? People loved you, George. It was awesome to be a part of. You mentioned James Stewart. James Stewart and me each won your karaoke contest in the summer of 2008. James uh, won singing The Killers, and I won singing Elton John in back-to-back, back-to-back Friday nights. I remember it back in the day. Hey, uh... Yeah. It was a good time. Now, what about the experience? How much fun did you have with your former teammates and with the fans? And what did you think of the Heritage Classic at Commonwealth Stadium? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so to be honest with you, I w- the only thing that was coming to my to my mind is like we have to win this. We lost in two thousand three, and when we lost, we only had one win the next seventeen games. We call it the Heritage Classic hangover, and we missed the playoff at one point that year. What makes the Heritage Classic special is to win, because as great as it was, the temperature, the fans, and everything, if you lose, the flames goes up by a couple goals. You take the fans out of the building. You take the energy out. So the fact the others got the first couple goals and they were winning the game, it made the atmosphere much more special. So it was awesome because we didn't have that in 2003 because it was too cold once and we lost to Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. So the fact that it's a spirit that everybody's going to remember because it was a good game and we won, especially against Calgary, it was awesome. I thought it was well done. It was awesome to see the players from 2003 uh, exchanging with them, talking with them, be presented to the crowd. Um, it was awesome. And I said the whole thing, the way it was made, it was perfect. It was beautiful. And, uh, and you know, another thing that I could have had, too, uh, on top of that, which is an experience that, will, that I'll never forget, is, uh, as you know, I work for the NHL, uh, and I'm part of the, the NHL Coalition Diversity Group. And, and I was talking to the owners the next day the next day in the dressing room to the players about diversity and everything. And I'm telling you, man, being in a room, seeing these guys, um, I had shivers being in the dressing room and talking to the guys because to this day, even though I'm being retired for so long, seeing the crest, seeing the players, and that's how I started my meeting. 
I told them, I hope the guys are realizing how special it is to play with the Edmonton Oilers to wear that jersey. That's how I started it because being there is always so special. Being in that room, feeling myself still as an Oiler. So that whole experience of being in that game, seeing the Oilers win, being back in the dressing room the next day, talking to the players about diversity and all that stuff, Bob, to me, it was an even bigger experience that time around of that outdoor game than the one that I had in 2003, which was my first ever and the first ever in the NHL I'll ever had. That's how special it was to me uh, the last time that I was there. So, yes, I love the experience. I love my interaction with the fans in the second period because after they showed the hat trick, I was mobbed in the concourse and I didn't see pretty much the rest of the game. I was just signing, taking pictures with people. But you know what? I loved it because this beautiful game and the reason why the stand was packed is because of the people. And Edmonton is the greatest hockey city in the world. And that's why to me it's always a blessing to always come back and to be part of many events and to meet, meet fans and taking pictures with them. All right, George, one final question for you. We discussed it a little bit earlier in today's show. Uh, the orders are 2-6-1. and one. They lost to Dallas. They had 49 shots on goal. Edmonton, uh, a couple of years ago, the orders were 16-5 and five out of the break or in the first 21 games. Their power play at that time was number one. Their penalty kill was number three. But their five-on-five five numbers were really middle of the road. And then Edmonton dropped a button. They only won two out of like 15 games. This year, the Oilers are 2-6-1. and one. Their power play is surprisingly low. It's 13th in the league. Penalty killing's 28th. But the Oilers right now are like Carolina with the shot metrics. They're second in Corsi, second in Fenwick, and number one in five-on-five expected goals for share. In other words, they should have, based on those numbers, better than a 2-6-1 and one record. So I'm going to throw the question to you. Are you concerned about the Edmonton Oilers? No, I'm not concerned yet, and I'll tell you why. Um, the last game against Calgary was a pivotal point of the season because you needed to win that win, win, win that game because if you lose to Calgary, a team that was also struggling, then it would show how bad the confidence was. The game against Dallas, we should have won it. I'll tell you one thing. If we play that way against team until uh, the end of the season, we're going to win way more games than we're going to lose one. It happens sometimes that you will, you'll, you'll lose games that you deserve to win, but now I see a team that has everything to win. You know, it's a slow start. It's always better to have a slow start, uh, uh, a slow start than, than and peak down towards the end of the season. So there's too much talent on that, in, that, in that room uh, to see this team not being into the playoffs. So, and again, we talk about winning division. Who cares? All you need to do, every team, their number one goal is to make the playoff. Once you do, the seeding doesn't matter. You have to beat the best team to win the cup. So um, maybe because of their slow start, it might cost them the division. But there's one thing for sure. They're in the playoff. And when they will be in, because they're going to peak at the right time and have the good finish to start the season, they're going to turn this momentum into the playoff. So I am not worried about this team. Uh, as we know, it's in Thanksgiving that we're looking at the standing that is more meaningful. But you know what? This team, especially from the last game, even though they lost, they could have won. I have lots of faith that they're going to turn it around. And uh, I love the pickup of Sun Gagne, by the way. And that kid is special because, you know, he always produced, doesn't matter what year that he plays on. And uh, no, they're going to figure it out there, Bob. And uh, people, in a month, will have a conversation 
they'll start betting game, uh, wins about 500, and you'll be like, see how they turn it around quick. You have like a little three, four game winning streak in a row. You're back at 500, and then there's no more problem, and it'll happen quicker than ever. You'll see. George, great stuff. Thanks a lot for joining us on Oilers Now, okay? Anytime, brother. Thanks for having me. That's George LaRock on a Throwback Friday, brought to you by Conlin Motorsports. Get everything you need here so you can get out there. A couple minutes left to wrap up Oilers Now when we get back to the show, but i got to tell you first that, uh, you know, some guests of this show receive gift cards to Japanese Village, now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We're back to close it out after this. You know, that's a tough situation, um, and he doesn't get to control the fact that we've gone 11-7. and seven. We've gone 11-7 and seven a lot this year, not by choice, but by necessity. Um, but for me, when it comes to Phillip's game, I, I see someone who can play with a little bit more assertiveness, um, a little bit uh, more authoritative in battles. Um, somebody um, who, you know, can snap pucks. Um, someone who can use his legs to escape trouble. Um, I think he's done that in spurts this year, but um, not long enough to warrant um, taking somebody's ice time away from them. And that doesn't mean that our team has been uh, wonderful. Our record would say that. Um, but for me, um, when you're competing to take somebody's job in the National Hockey League, you have to, to show, and you got to show it day in, day out. Um, but uh, again, this opportunity for him to go to Bakersfield is an opportunity to play a lot, to regain some of that confidence. And, um, you know, it helps us meet a roster need of dressing at least 11 forwards. There you go. That's the head coach of your Edmonton Oilers, Jay Woodcroft, on Philip Broberg's reassignment to Bakersfield. They play Coachella Valley uh, at home tomorrow, and your Oilers are home to the Nashville Predators, where Raphael Lavoie will make his NHL debut. Sam Gagne skating on the second line, quote-unquote, with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Evander Kane. The top line was uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl alongside Zach Hyman. There you go. That is Oilers now on a Friday. Let's get to this day in Oilers history. It's brought to you by New West Travel. Join the three-night Montreal road trip with a private suite for the Oilers versus the Habs. Call or visit newwesttravel.com. We'll go back to 1992. The Ottawa Senators, well, they they weren't doing so well out of the gates. Expansion franchises were a little bit different back then. The Oilers playing the Senators for the first time they scored a 5-2 victory behind two goals from Scott Mellenby. Oilers improved to 4-8-1 the Sens sinking to 1-10-1 on the year. Coming up next on 6.30 Chad you know Reed Wilkins has inside sports more reaction from the Oilers today or some audio I suppose from the skate. You'll also hear from Sherwood Park's own Chuba Hubbard tearing it up for the NFL's Carolina Panthers. Not 100% sure who they play this weekend, but excited to learn more. And perhaps you can too. Stick around and listen. Reed's got him coming up next.
And then he'll host that City Ford Faceoff show tomorrow morning, 11.30 a.m. The Nashville Predators in town. Hello, Leon Dreisaitl. As if he doesn't know that. Hope you'll join us for the face-off show and puck drop at 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Up next, we've got a global news weather traffic update. Then Reed's got you for the hour following that. Brendan Escott here. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you again from Rogers Place tomorrow.